0: stay tuned after for breakout sessions. Breakout sessions are not recorded, um, but if you have a chance and you can, um, feel free to say hi after. And if you're at the gathering place, definitely mingle there and say hi to one another. Um, Just one announcement today. Just wanted to share with you about our pumpkin carving party. Last week, um, we got together at the Caswell's Farm and let me show you a couple of pictures real quick. So the Carroll County Community Group, we haven't really gotten together since this virus thing all hit, and um, we decided to do kind of a smaller version of the harvest party, um, but just um, a very simple way of getting together at the Caswell's farm. And we did a pumpkin garden party. The Caswell's planted a whole bunch of um, pumpkins. Oh, sorry, this isn't rolling through. Let's see if I can I'll just talk while this is trying to... Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, a bunch of us got together at the Caswells, um, got to see friends from the community group again, just tried to keep it kind of small and scaled back. Um, a couple of people invited some neighbors um, and the Caswells had a big, big, big field of pumpkins that they grew and they were just awesome, tons of tons of pumpkins. Um, So we just went out and picked them and um, brought back to different carving stations and carved them together, kind of spaced out, but um, we had some really nice carving stations and got to chat with each other and do some fellowship and um, got to meet some people's neighbors and some friends. It was a beautiful day, Um, we just had a couple prepackaged snacks, some water bottles really scaled down from previous years. Um, We had a little art craft station where we're just painting pumpkins. um, And I think everybody had a great time. It was a really beautiful day. Here we go. So Check out some of these great pictures. We should have had a pumpkin carving um, competition because there was some really cool pumpkin carving. Yeah, see this field of tons of pumpkins. It was super fun. There we go, there's Noah's. (laughs) <laughs> a big thank you to the casuals for having us, um, we had a great time, a great day guys.
1: All right, thanks Nicole. We are going to uh, sing a couple of songs together. Let's, uh, let's go ahead, and stand up, let's pray together. And the first of these songs is Creator Me. It's a bit lively. So uh, you get the chance to exert yourself as much as you can with a mask on your face if you're in the room. If you are at home, uh, then this is your chance to stand up and uh, shake, shake off the morning kind of slowness and jump around as we sing. Let's take a moment and let's pray and then we're gonna sing together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you uh, for the good time uh, that we had last week at that pumpkin party and the friendships that were uh, made and deepened, the conversations that were had, uh, and just the, t- the chance to spend time in fellowship uh, with each other. And we pray that you would uh, bear fruit from that time uh, in our lives and in our friends and in the, those around us. And we pray for this time this morning that you would bless us, that you would guide us, um, that you would make this your time. Um, we pray that you would help us to come uh, openly and honestly before you this morning um, to sing these songs to you um, from, uh, from grateful hearts um, that are just um, turned towards you. Uh, it's in your name that we gather. It is in your name um, that we pray, and it is your glory that we seek. Amen. All right. Want to see a little bit of dancing down the front here, especially from my boys. No pressure. No, no shaking heads. Oh well, alright. Let's sing show. You ready?
2: Create me a clean, clean heart. Create.
1: to learn from, and to come to know better. We pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you, would, um, that you would share the message with us that you want us to hear, that we would allow this time to be yours, that we would offer it up to you freely, and that we would draw closer to you and to each other through the time that we spend together this morning. Amen.
3: Kids, do you think you could help me to call Elsie? Because I think that somewhere she's here. So how loud can you be and call her? Okay, go ahead, Toby. Yell for her really, really loud. The Elsie. I don't think she can hear you. You're not being very loud today. Try again. Ready? One, Two, three, Elsie!
2: Moo! I'm so happy to be here. Oh, do we have a Bible verse to work on again? We do. We actually have a new one.
3: Ooh. So, kids, do you think you can help me help Elsie learn the new verse? Okay. So, for it is by grace. That you are saved. Oh, no, that's the old one. Luke. That's not right. The one, be kind and compassionate to one another, hmm. forgiving one another just as Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4 32. You think you got that, Elsie?
2: Moo. Okay, you try. Um, be kind mm-hmm. and a computer
3: no elsie why would you be a computer
2: moo i didn't understand that either i mean why does god want me to be a computer and how and and they didn't even have computers back then and no no no
3: elsie the verse doesn't say computer oh it says compassionate.
2: Oh, moo. Mu- <laughs> okay, you try. What's, what's compa... Com- compassionate. Moo? Com- compassionate. Oh. Yes. What, what, it means
3: you're, you're loving and you're sweet to other people.
2: Oh, moo. That's good. Um, okay, moo. Um,
3: okay, tr- um, try again.
2: I'll say the verse again. Yeah. Be kind and compa- compassionate. Uh, compassionate. Compassionate. To Elsie. Elsie. Uh, moo, m- m- I think that everyone should be kind and compa—that pa- that word to me.
3: It's compassionate, and God is saying that we should be kind and compassionate to others and, and everyone. That we can't change what other people, or cows, do, but we can change ourselves. So God tells us to be kind and compassionate.
2: Oh, moo okay. uh, Um, I'm— could you say the verse again? Yes, please? I think we should. Yeah.
3: Kids, can we say the verse again? Okay. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Ephesians four thirty-two. Moo. All right.
2: Um, Go ahead. Be kind mm-hmm. and compassionate. To one another, yes, forgiving mm-hmm. each other, mm-hmm. but only when they are really, 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 really sorry.
3: Elsie, that is not what it says.
2: Moo, but, but, but it, Billy hit me and didn't say he was sorry, so I don't have to forgive him, right?
3: Wrong. You, you have to forgive him. God says right in the verse, we need to forgive each other just like God has forgiven us.
2: Even if they aren't really sorry?
3: Even if the others aren't sorry. Hmm. God didn't wait for us to be sorry before he sent Jesus to die for us. Oh,
2: that's right. I remember now. Jesus died for my sins. That's
3: right. And because he died for us, all of our sins are forgiven.
2: So, so it'd be bad if I didn't forgive?
3: Yes, that would be bad. It's like telling God that Jesus dying on the cross wasn't good enough for that particular person's sin.
2: Ooh, moo. That'd be bad.
3: Very bad.
2: Okay, I guess I'll forgive Billy. Aw, oh, good
3: job, Elsie. That will be obeying God.
2: Oh, uh, well. Um, can you say the verse for me again? Yes.
3: Let's say the verse again. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32. All
2: right. Um, um, be kind and compass- compassionate. Compassionate. Yeah. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave Elsie. Elsie. Moo forgave you and Elsie too. And where's the verse found? In the Bible.
3: Where in the Bible? Hmm, I don't know. Kids, can we help Elsie again? She still is a little confused. So be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Ephesians 4.32. You mm-hmm.
2: try. Right. Be kind and compa- compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, mm-hmm. God forgave you. Yes. Ephesians 4, 32.
3: Great job, Elsie! You got it! All right, let's say it one more time so we can really remember it. Are you ready, Elsie? Okay. Be kind, Be kind and, and compassionate, compassionate to one another, one another forgiving each, each other, just as in Christ God forgave, forgave you. Ephesians four thirty-two. Elsie, thank you for helping us. Boo. Do you think you've really got it now?
2: Of course. <laughs> Great.
3: We will see you again soon, Elsie. Can everyone say bye?
2: Bye, Moo. Bye, Elsie.
3: But now, do you think that you can give Pastor Dave an extra big welcome, way bigger than what you gave Elsie, so he can come on stage and teach? So let's hear you say good morning to him.
4: good morning good to see everybody just like to highlight all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes with our tech team appreciate you guys um appreciate the opportunity we have to kind of mix things up a little bit with our order of worship you see things are a little bit different we have our children's segment since we are not able to have sunday school on the lower level, we make some other plans for the kids. And uh, we have Elsie, we have games, we have songs, we have different things for the kids. We keep the front area here clear so they can come and join us. If they, if they want up front, they can sit. And uh, we have tables in the back where families can, be, can assemble if they want. So we do our best here to make this main, our main meeting room here family-friendly and kid-friendly. So I hope that if you feel comfortable coming, that you, you, you'll find a spot here for yourself at the gathering place. So my name is Dave Ferguson. I'm one of the pastors here at Oak Ridge. Certainly glad you joined us here this morning. Glad you're joining us online as well. Actually, I'm even, um, I'm even gladder if months from now you're actually going to our archive, I'm even more happy that you're joining us and listening to our message. I probably should take off my mask. Thank you. Do I need to start over? I won't do that. Um, you can check out our website at oakridgecc.org. And uh, we, have, um, we have our message archive there you'll be able to check out different aspects about our church, message, bios of the pastors, events, different things like that. So feel free. And you can also leave feedback on messages at the website or find a way to get in touch with the, with the pastors or the staff. So I'm going to continue putting myself together here. Ah, there we go. So as Julian reminded us here this morning during the worship time, last week Eric drew a very timely analogy. Um, between the 1st century and our century, the 21st century. So in the 1st century, the Gentiles found themselves isolated from God, a dividing wall of hostility. And today, our country also has hostility that's generated by racial strife and different, different, different controversies going on. There is nothing new under the sun. And the only solution for the strife in the 1st century and our third century is the cross of Jesus Christ. Eric challenged us, I just want to remind you of some of the application points that he, um, that he challenged us with, is we, we are to show empathy to those who are different than us. And as believers, we are not to be passive, but we are to take initiative. And we are to, we are to share, show love and concern and empathy and reconciliation to those who are different from us. He challenged us, do something this next week. So I'm just wondering, did you do anything this next week, this past week? Are there people in your lives that you can think of in the weeks ahead that you can be very intentional about reaching out to? So please keep that in mind as we go forward through our series. And just just a reminder, our current series is Ephesians. It's called Ephesians, God's Blueprint. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, is giving us a glimpse of God's blueprint, or his plan for eternity, for the whole world. His plan was hinted at in the Old Testament, but much of it still came as a big surprise to the first century Jews. The first three chapters of Ephesians talk about God's plan at a macro level, how God welcomed all nations into his family through Jesus Christ. And the later chapters, as you'll see in future weeks, talk about some more practical, smaller, more personal details of our lives. So today we're going to take a look. We're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 3 in a moment, where Paul expands on the theme he revealed in chapter 2. And what is that theme you ask? Great question. That theme is summarized by Ephesians 2.19. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. The Greek word for household is oikos. It means family. You know we've used the word oikos ourselves in recent years in our conversations. To us, it usually means some there's people that we have an influence on in our lives around us. It can be family, friends, coworkers, whatever. In this passage, in this verse, the word oikos means God's family, His own household. Through Christ, the Gentiles have been added to God's oikos, His household, His family, and by extension, as believers. We are in each other's family. And if we have the same father, then by golly, we're related to one another, aren't we? So in order to help us to chapter 3, I'd like to establish a definition. And We're going to see the word plan in chapter 3 a lot. What is that plan? Anyone? Bringing Gentiles into his family, his intention, his plans, and when Paul talks about his plan, it's Ephesians 2.19, the plan that Paul is talking about when he says plan, or it, or this, is referring to God's intention to bring the Gentiles into his family, into his oikos. So with that said, I'd like, you now to, I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles with me as we read through the first half of Ephesians chapter 3. By the way, I sent out slides. I sent out a copy of uh, the slides for this morning's presentation um, through the MailChimp um, app this morning. So if you'd like, I know sometimes it's hard to focus on whether someone, uh, especially if it's remote, the camera's on the stage or or the slides are being shared, but if you want to, you can open up that email. There's a link to the slides for the presentation this morning. You can go back and forth, or you can just open up your Bibles, Ephesians Chapter 3. Sometimes we read through the entire passage all at once and then talk about it. Today we're going to read verse by verse and then stop to visit as needed. So Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. Paul writes, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles, some convoluted grammar in this sentence, yes. Paul says, when I think of this, what is Paul thinking of? What is this? This is God's plan to bring Gentiles into his family. So what is his plan? Bring Gentiles into his family. Bring into his family. Thank you. Elsie has inspired me this morning with my uh, preaching style. Ephesians 3, 3 and 4. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I've written, you'll understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. Here we see the reference to the plan again. This side of the room. What is the plan? Bringing the Gentiles into his family. Thank you. Why is he emphasizing this so much? He uses it, he makes a reference to this plan, plan, or it, or this, and almost every, pat, every verse that we're going to read this morning, sometimes twice, why is he emphasizing it so much? Why is he reminding them about this? He's doing it because this plan, this plan represents a major change in the way that God deals with the world a major change in the way how he interacts with the Jewish nation and with the Gentiles. Let's take a look at this verse in a slightly different way. The Greek word for plan is mysterion. So is it a plan? And then mysterion simply just means mystery. So is it a plan or is it a mystery? Yes. Yes. Correct answer, exactly. The plan is a mystery. Paul is claiming that God is speaking to him and giving him new information. What's that mean? Bold plan, Cotton. Let's see how that works out for him. God, Paul is claiming new information. Interesting. Interesting. Paul, by the way, he mentions this mystery in several other New Testament letters. For example, Galatians chapter 1, verse 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. This concept of mystery, this concept of revelation, this new covenant of Jesus Christ, obviously it's an important concept, and Paul is explaining it to the Gentile world. And by the way, just for a moment, the word mystery here means hidden. Sometimes you can assign the connotation of unknowable, like it's a mystery. What, is, what does Shirley want for dinner tonight if we go out? It's a mystery. We may never know. But in this case, it doesn't mean it's unknowable. What it means is it's hidden, and it's hidden for a certain time. Paul declares that he is the recipient of revelation from Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit regarding this new covenant. This, this is one of the reasons that Paul's writings are scripture. This is thus saith the Lord level material. Verse 5. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit he's revealed it to his holy apostles, holy apostles and prophets. As you can see, the plan was hidden to previous generations. Previous to who? Who's he talking to? First century. So what happened in the first century? Anybody? Jesus happened. So we have two concepts really here now. So we have a plan, and we have a plan, and we and second, that plan was a mystery or it was hidden until the New Testament era. Even though God's plan was hidden, it was still prophesied in the Old Testament. Genesis 12, 3, God said to Abram, Through you I shall make all the families of the earth blessed. And in Isaiah 57, 19, he says, He preached peace to those who were far off and those who were close. And if you remember correctly, Paul used that Isaiah reference in, in Ephesians chapter 2. You know, if you've grown up in church, maybe this all sounds familiar. God, you know, everybody's included. God loves everyone, right? But this is a radical idea to first-century Jews, and maybe sounds too good to be true to first-century Gentiles. It's literally a change in the way God interacts with mankind. Ephesians chapter six, three chapter, sorry, chapter three, verse six, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. So here's the plan restated with an important change built in. And What is that change? The change is is this plan and this promise is based on belief and not birthright. Belief and not birthright. Belief in the good news. The good news is that Jesus is the Messiah and that he's risen from the dead. Jesus is the Messiah and he's risen from the dead. His plan, God's plan, started as a covenant with God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, and because of his eternal purpose and his great love for us, the plan was elevated to good news for all nations. Once Jesus resurrected, the plan changed God's interaction for Jews and Gentiles alike. This simple statement that Jesus is the Messiah and he's risen from the dead is the most radical idea, in human history. It's the most radical truth in human history. It's the most radical fact in human history. It's the more important than any concept in philosophy. It's more important and more powerful than any current social fad in any age, in every age, every decade, every century, has its own priorities. It's a truth that changed the world. It turned empires upside down. And it's the only thing that will last for eternity the fact that Jesus is Messiah and that he's risen from the dead. When you believe this truth, you change. When you believe, you're saved. When you believe, then you're God's child. And when you're God's child, you get to share the riches that he has for those who are in his family, in his oikos. And he's got a lot of riches for us in store. This change that happens, this is power. This is power in your life. Several weeks ago, Pastor David shared with us that the same power that was available and active in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is is affecting us through the gospel. That's the power. That's the change. That's what's alive in us. That's what God spent all of eternity planning to accomplish in our lives, and it's an amazing fact. Verse 7. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. It is good news, but you have to believe. The Gentiles were welcomed into the family of God through faith, not through birthright. This is not just ancient history. This has a very practical application for our life today, right now. You know you can grow up in church. You can be impacted by a culture that is although that culture is rapidly fading. But just because you attend church doesn't mean you're a Christian. You must believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he died for your sins, and that he was risen from the dead. That is belief. There is no other way. So I ask you, ask myself, Do you believe this? Is this something that you've paused and evaluated for your very own? Not because you grew up in a Christian nation or church or family, because it's something that you own for yourself. Kids, young adults, as parents, we love you and we do our best to share God's truth for you. And one of our primary prayers for you, after you learn not to put your hand on a hot stove, is that we pray that you will own your faith. You will own your faith, that your connection to Jesus Christ through Scripture, through the Holy Spirit, your personal faith, your belief, your belief in Him, it will take you past what I say as a father. What I say as a youth leader because you are connected to him yourself, because you heard his word, because you put your faith in him. This is a transaction that you have to make for yourself. And we, as your parents, as those who are in your family, your oikos, we pray this for you a lot. We pray that for you a lot. When the pastors get together, we're praying for families, a frequent prayer for the young folks. Own your faith. Believe this for yourself. This is between you and God, not between you and your parents. Keep that in mind. Ephesians 3, verse 8. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people... He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. 2,000 years ago, the Gentiles were given access to endless treasures available through Christ. Endless treasures, what's that mean? I I don't know. It it means endless, endless. It means, of course, we have his spirit in us today. He fills our heart. He gives us joy. He gives us peace. He gives us perseverance through difficult times. Um... That's also a reference to the fact that we will be with him forever in eternity in his presence, joyfully worshiping with him, fellowshipping with him and one another. I don't know all that that means, but it's an amazing promise to us. But that requires faith. So do you see the parallel to your own life here? The Gentiles were welcomed in to God's family. But it was it, it, the, the new gift, the new plan, the new covenant, it was not only a gift, but it was a requirement. A requirement that they accept, they receive, they believe. And the same requirement applies to me and to you. It's a gift and a requirement of you. Verse 9 and 10. Paul says in, in verse nine, "I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display His wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This mysterious plan kept secret from the beginning. You know, if we if something is kept secret, we wonder why it's kept secret or why it's revealed at a certain time. So why was this hidden?" I think verse 10 maybe gives us some, shines some light on the subject. Verse 10 says that God's purpose was to use the church to display his wisdom. So in other words, he used the church to display his wisdom. So in other words, God was showing off. He was showing off his church to the authorities, spiritual powers. It kind of reminds me in the book of Job at the beginning, God is basically trolling Satan He says, hey, check out Job, bragging about Job. He's rubbing it in Job's face. He knew how it was going to end. He knew the suffering that Job was going to go through, but he also knew that Job's response in the end was going to glorify him and show his wisdom. In the same way, God set up the church to show his wisdom to these authorities. As I get older... The years are definitely shorter and shorter. Maybe those to you in your twenties and thirties, you look back, and maybe high school seems like yesterday. For those of you older or with grown kids, maybe it seems like yesterday, you're changing diapers. If this is our experience, if this is my experience, what must time be like to God? What must his experience be? He experienced an eternity past. He spoke and the world was created. In the blink of an eye, Adam fell. Another blink, Israel was selected as his chosen nation. Another blink of the eye, Jesus was incarnated. Another blink of the eye, Jesus was resurrected. You want to say, hold on, wait, 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 let me catch up. It's moving too fast, too late. Blink, Jesus will return physically to this earth. Blink, we'll stand before him in eternity for judgment. And then we face eternity future. We didn't face eternity past, but we will face eternity future with God or without God if we're apart from Jesus. To us, it seems like it took too long for God to accomplish His, pers- his purpose. It took Him too long for Him to build His church. But to Him, it was a breath. To Him... A thousand years are like a day. Verse 11 and 12. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. The incredible point is, as you work backwards through these verses, the church was his plan from eternity past. Why did he establish Israel? Why did he establish his plan? Why did he allow sin? Why did Jesus have to suffer and die? I think the simple answer to those questions is, he did it to display his wisdom to the authorities and the spiritual powers. I don't know all that that means. I don't know who these authorities are. I don't know who these powers are. But he did it to, show, to establish his wisdom Display his wisdom. Do you ever fear? I'm speaking to myself. Do you ever fear that evil is prevailing? Do you ever wish that good would have victory a little bit faster than it does? Well, this is this plan. This bringing all nations into his church, into his family. This is God rubbing it in the nose. Of the spiritual authorities. This is him saying, I win. He wins. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, and it is enough, but if it wasn't enough, the plan the result of this plan is that now we can enter confidently into his presence. We enter into his presence because we're made perfect through faith in Christ Jesus. We win too. He wins. He established the victory. But we win too. As a result of having faith in Jesus Christ. Only through Jesus Christ. But the clock is ticking, isn't it? Things move fast. This year moves fast. Soon it will be 2021. So the question is, to me and to you, again, do you believe Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he died for your sins, and that he raised from the dead because he loved you, because the Father loved you? He wants to bring you into his family. He wants to grant you these eternal riches. This is available to you as a free gift. All it requires from you is an act of faith and submission and humility before an almighty God. I encourage you, take that step. Bow your heart before him. Ask forgiveness for your sins if you haven't. Ask for cleansing. He gives it freely, delights to give us these gifts. He has prepared endless riches for us, not so he can just count them for himself through eternity, because he wants to share them with you and with me. I'm so grateful that he made that gift to me. I'm so grateful that I can receive that gift. I pray that your heart would be soft before him and you would receive that gift. If you have received that gift, I rejoice with you. Thank him, praise him, enjoy him, trust him. Do your part to share that gift with those who are around you. Paul sums up this passage with a simple encouragement in verse 13. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. I need to take this encouragement myself to heart. Considering all that God has done. Considering the thoroughness and immensity of his plan. Don't be discouraged don't be discouraged keep your eye on eternity don't be discouraged so what do I do with this you know we are made perfect through Christ because of his generous loving eternal and incredible plan It was hidden until Jesus came to earth. I can see, I get a taste as I was reading through some of these passages and meditating on this message and through worshiping this morning. I can see why Paul was so excited. He was so excited to share this with the Ephesians, with the other churches around the Mediterranean world. He was excited to share it and he was proud that God selected him to be his instrument to share it with them, with other people. We ought to be excited as well. We ought to be excited that he's he's revealed this good news to us. We ought to be excited to place our faith in him. Yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want this. Yes, Lord. Excited to receive that. And then finally, we ought to be excited. Considering the immensity of the gift, considering the power it has in our life, we ought to be excited to share this with the people around us, those we know and love, our families, our co-workers, our neighbors, you name it. Lord, may we be excited to do that. So let me leave you with a few thoughts. First, value the endless treasures that are available to us through Christ. Place a high value, a higher value, the highest value on things that are eternal compared to things that are temporal and go so fast. Place your faith in Christ so you can boldly and confidently enter his presence. You know, if this is something you'd like to know more about, if you'd like to know more about what it means to trust Jesus, to say yes to him and say, yes, I want this gift, then I encourage you to do a couple things. One is don't wait. I'd pray right now and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want this gift. And then afterwards, grab me. I'd, I'd love to talk with you. Grab one of the other people sitting around here, someone that you know, someone that you trust, someone that knows the Lord. Ask them, what is it? What is it I need to do? Talk to your parents. Talk to your brothers and sisters. Talk to your friends and family. And finally, do not lose hope in the face of opposition, evil, or bad reports. God wins. And through Christ, you win as well. Let's pray. Lord, I say yes. I say yes to you. You are holy. You are righteous. You're perfect. You're powerful. You're good. You're loving. You're eternal. Holy mackerel, Lord, I can't comprehend you. But I can't comprehend how short my life is or how short all of history seems to you. Father, through your spirit, through your word, Change our hearts with the power that you used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead so that we might be saved, so that we might be part of your family, so that we can taste of those eternal riches and be part of those eternal riches, and so that we might be used like Paul was used to share your good news to a very needy world. Thank you. Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Spirit. Amen. Amen.